powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to Friends, Foes, and Neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, as what you are about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for insightful interviews with incredible people. Join us now as we delve ever deeper into the human condition. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello, everyone. Hi. Thank you very much. Please sit. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. That's right. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. Before I want to jump into this episode, I want to say a huge thank you to my last guest, Suzanne Westenhofer. What an absolute delight, and the response to her episode was immensely well-received. If you have not had a chance to hear it, I strongly advise you to check out the interview after the conclusion of this episode. All right, folks, welcome to episode 117. We have a great guest with us today. We have on the show Dr. Tamia Aldad, a noted psychiatrist and founder of Mindful Care. He will be talking to us today about the importance of good mental health, how to spot dangerous warning signs in terms of potential suicide amongst family and friends, addressing the fears of isolation and anxiety during the pandemic, and so much more. Let's get the good doctor out here to talk to us some more. Duval Nation, please rise to your feet and welcome all the way from New York, Dr. Tamia Aldad. Dr. Aldad, hello. Welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. How is the weather out by you today? So far, so good. It's uh, pretty warm right now. We're uh, For January, we're pretty pleased, but things are good in New York. Um, we're hanging in there. All right. So I start my interviews off the same way. And how has it been for you to navigate the COVID-19 world up to this point? Challenging. I mean, being in the mental health space, uh, we saw a real uptick in, in, in symptoms, particularly depression, anxiety when, when COVID hit, especially those that had to quarantine, stay home, uh, was very taxing. So the mental health community, both as a psychiatrist myself and then those who provide therapy and substance use counseling, really needed to pivot quickly and, and, and start handling patients that were otherwise stable, now becoming symptomatic again. Right? So the entire event was quite triggering for us, but we responded quickly and were able to really control and help as many people as possible to control their symptoms. So we did what we had to do and things are turning around and looking better. Awesome. So every journey has a beginning. Where were you born and what was it like to grow up there? So born in New York, uh, born and raised five minutes away from where I live today. Uh, growing up here has been a great experience. I did my residency here, my fellowship here. So very much a New Yorker in that sense. Uh, and when I started my startup, I picked New York as our first state to penetrate. Most people say, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. So I wanted to wanted to test out that theory. We were successful in New York and now we've scaled to six states. So um, happy to give back to where I was raised and now my kids are getting to enjoy it too. So what age did you discover you had a passion for helping people with their mental health? So I think in medical school, I was fascinated by behavioral health for a long time. And then when I went to, I was a researcher for a while as well. And while I was doing research, I, I felt like there was an access to care issue problem. Patients had to wait six to eight weeks to see a provider. 
uh, particularly manage Medicaid patients. And I thought that was unacceptable. I wanted to do something to challenge that. And I, a lot of people were seeing psychiatry through the lens of either making a lot of money and being primarily a cash practice, uh, or they were doing research and trying to advance the field through science, which is great as well, but no one was really trying to take on the mental health crisis head on. And I really wanted to do that and challenge the status quo uh, and pioneer something that would have an impact, a significant social impact. So hmm. when I realized that, that, that it was a problem, I, I felt that urgent care would really be you know, a solution where patients can have access to care. And, and ever since then, we've really been able to help a lot of people. You got your MD at the American University of Antigua College of Medicine. Do you have any favorite memories from your time there? So that's actually, it's an interesting uh, journey. I, I, end, I ended up doing my rotations through AUA in Brooklyn. Uh, but I think that my, my best experience going there was meeting our chief medical officer, Dr. Pardesh. He was a psychiatrist. He was my professor at AUA. And I told him I want to build this empire. And... <laughs> He's been my mentor ever since. So I do attribute it, you know, my us meeting to me going to school there. And right now he serves as our chief medical officer. So that that uh, relationship continues to pay dividends. That's amazing. So that being said, what led you to found Mindful Care? I think it's really, really was, you know, my frustration with the current system and the access to care issue. So I wanted to really create something where people, don't have to go to the hospital unnecessarily, don't have to be admitted to psych units unnecessarily. And I wanted to find mindful care to, to challenge the status quo. So when we opened our first clinic, it was all about um, seeing how many ED visits we could decrease, seeing how many suicide attempts we could decrease and, and being able to measure our, our impact. So um, I, I think what led me to find mindful care was seeing that there's a major problem and a major access to care issue for a majority of the population to do something to change that. Hmm. For my listeners, can you give a basic breakdown of what exactly mindful care is? Absolutely. So our goal is to provide same day, next day psychiatric care. So if somebody has symptoms, we encourage them to visit one of our clinics or have a virtual visit with one of our providers to assess the severity of their symptoms and tell them whether or not they need to be hospitalized or they could see one of our medication management specialists within 24 to 48 hours. And from there, they, they are on, embark on a journey, medication if appropriate, uh, therapy or substance use counseling, depending on their symptoms and their situation. Hmm. How, hard is it, excuse me, how hard was it for you to get the company off the ground? So we originally, I, I went to the University of Chicago for business school, where um, during my experience there, I built the concept. And we ran it through a bunch of competitions at the university, and we were blessed to win those competitions. So that gave us a lot of credibility. From there, the university itself invested in us, and some alumni invested in us. So we had some seed funding to bring the concept to New York and open our first location. After that, we saw a lot of success within weeks. We had to open our second location within weeks, our third location. So it really started growing very quickly. The demand was extraordinary and unprecedented, um, far beyond what we expected. And because of that, I had to fundraise again really quickly. But the data was there to support that we are doing the right thing and we need those funds because we're growing. So the momentum started from the university and winning those competitions, but then the model itself proved to be really successful. The demand was there and we were helping a lot of people. And that was something that 
inspired us and, and motivated us to work harder and, and continue that momentum. Hmm. How is urgent psychiatric care different from traditional? So traditional care usually takes six to eight weeks to see a provider. In that time, your symptoms can worsen. You can be a danger to yourself. You can be a danger to others. You could turn to substance use and alcohol to self-medicate. So the traditional system really it puts a, a huge burden on patients to try to hang in there until their appointment. Our perspective is that you should talk to someone as soon as possible and let a professional help you navigate the system and assess whether or not you need to be seen immediately or you can wait. So really the, the early intervention that we provide uh, is protective and, and, and that's the difference. I wanna talk about the mental health crisis that is gripping not only our nation, but pretty much also the world. We are now in some form or fashion coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic and while you know, COVID is meanwhile going to be sadly a part of our life that we have to adjust to. The long-lasting psychological effects still affect many, you know, after isolation and, and of course, fear of infection. Have you noticed a good many patients that this has been their main affliction mentally? Yeah, we, we've particularly seen this in the OCD population, especially those that, that um, have OCD associated with the fear of, of contamination. Uh, they, they really were, were affected um, by the anxiety that comes with, with a, a pandemic and mask wearing and exposure risk. So all that was amplified and magnified by the pandemic. So people who had underlying anxiety disorders, including things like OCD, uh, were particularly sensitive to the, that situation when, when it's something that they already try to tackle and, and battle every day. And now, our residual consequences where people are still trying to deal with the retransition back to not wearing masks, going back to schools, going back to the office. So not everyone is able to bounce back as quickly and, and recover. People have different levels of resilience and tolerance. So it's on us and on the therapist to navigate that and help patients navigate that, particularly giving them skills and resources to cope using a lot of reframing and, and how patients, you know, see things differently and, and, and potentially uh, change their, their, their reference point. But it is quite challenging, particularly for people with anxiety disorders to transition back post-COVID. As a veteran myself, I went through my own mental health crisis with the complete collapse of Afghanistan. And many veterans around me were also going through not only, you know, suicide ideation, but some of them sadly taking their own lives. As a psychiatrist, in your opinion, what could the United States be doing better to assist those coming home from a 20-year war? Sure. So first, thank you for your service. I think the most important thing is the same issue I'm tackling, access to care. Uh, the, the VA has psychiatrists, but I think resources are limited from what I'm told. And there's also a stigma in the military to be open and candid about mental illness, about PTSD, about mares, about suicidal thoughts. Two things need to happen there. One is a lot of education, even during active service of uh, creating an environment where it's normalized and it's safe to have mental health issues. And then after uh, active service, having access to care where where veterans feel comfortable knowing there are resources and not feeling like they're limited or they're temporary. So improving the 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 access, improving the normalization of symptoms, 
um, and allowing it to be more acceptable, I think will create an environment with, where we hear about it more, people are more comfortable to discuss it, people and people feel less anxious about it. It also, you know, knowing that you can't talk about it only makes you feel worse and the symptoms can compound that way. So if it's normalized, it's, it's also therapeutic. So for those who may not be aware, what are the warning signs and risk factors for people that might be contemplating suicide? You know, it's it's hard to say. Uh, there'll always be an exception where, as you know, no one ever saw it coming, and there were no signs. You know, the there, but there are some things that that indicate signs of depression. Uh, that we, we we could see that that people's mood is changing and and they're at risk. We primarily uh, look at people who are change, have changes in their sleep habits, in their appetite, uh, change in their energy level, ability to concentrate no longer interested in doing things that they enjoy. You know, th those are some symptoms that we see early on in, in depression that can alert you. Particularly at risk for suicide, I would say that the biggest thing is someone who has a family history of suicide. Uh, it, it's, it's a greater concern. Somebody who's previously attempted is a concern. Somebody who has access to resources, such as a noose, a rope, a gun, those are concerns. Um, so that's, you know, those aren't predictive at all, uh, but they are more alarming. People who have a family history, previous attempts or access to resources, you should be on high alert if they are exhibiting symptoms or talk about it. Okay, Devon Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we will be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Dr. Tamir Aldad. May I suggest you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long, deep breaths, you know, Cluzo style. Please give your attention to a few friends of the show, and we will be right back. Hey, do you have a podcast, or maybe you're just thinking about starting a podcast? Well, I am Chris from Podtastic Audio, and here I show you tips and tricks on how to make your audio sound the best it possibly can with the gear you already have. With two years of experience on the Chris and Christine show creating the finest audio I possibly can make, I will show you the tips and tricks I have used on that show to make the audio sound fantastic. So if you have any podcast-related questions to your audio, you always can email me at podcasticaudio at gmail.com like this guy here did. His name is Joe. Joe writes in from the cast. Hey, Chris, when we all sit down together to record our episode, our audio is too low and it has a lot of echo in the recording. How do we make our show sound better? Well, Joe, is the microphone you're using rhyme with the name Betty? And is that microphone in the same room with you? I'd start with that stuff first. And for more podtastic audio information, you can go to anchor.fm slash podtastic audio and you keep on making your amazing podcast. Duval Nation, Derek and Mindy Duval here to talk about Jerky Pro, the standard in premium beef jerky products. The Derek Duval Show and Derek and Mindy's Fun With Movies is proud to be sponsored by the team at Jerky Pro. As a veteran, I am always the first to support veteran-owned businesses. Setting up shop in 1987 and founded by military and paramilitary veterans, they have set the bar for how beef jerky is processed, flavored, packaged, and sold. With strict quality control standards, Jerky Pro offers many flavors that are sure to please any beef jerky connoisseur. 
From the standard original flavor to honey glazed, peppered, teriyaki, sweet barbecue, or if you're brave enough, the fierce red hot, there are many flavors guaranteed to entice your palate. Offered in various sized packaging, use promo code DUBALL37, all in capital letters, at checkout to receive a 5% discount. Remember, folks, if your beef jerky is not making your mouth water, then it's not Jerky Pro Beef Jerky. Jerky Pro, the standard in premium beef jerky products. Hi, it's Michelle Fabre, and you can hear my new single, Last Chance for Love, on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other streaming platforms. Last chance for love, last chance for love, can we make it? Just tell me so. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts! Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Hey, this is Patrick Baker, and you are listening to The Derek Duvall Show. Check out my new single, Sorrow, available on all major streaming platforms. And you can check my site out at patrickbakermusic.com. Don't leave my upper heart alone on the water. Cover me in ragging bones. Janae Sergio, arriving. Hello everyone, this is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, a veteran's journey from homeless to hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 117 of the Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of this interview with the founder of Mindful Care, Dr. Tamia Aldad. So if someone today was listening to this episode and maybe feeling hopeless, depressed, what would you advise them to do to take care of their mental health? What would be the first step to take? So it really depends on the acuity of those symptoms. You know, someone feeling hopeless could also be very appropriate. Uh, So it it really requires uh, some self-awareness that 
if it's appropriate to a specific situation, I don't think everyone should be happy all the time. You should still have a, a normal spectrum of feelings and being sad or hopeless or depressed is, as, as an emotion or a feeling is, is not a, a cause for concern. It becomes a cause for concern if you feel that you, can, you can't function. Um, you can't do the things you normally do and, and it's affecting your ability to, to be productive and it's something you think about all the time and, and, and you feel a significant change in, in the way you operate. If that is the case, um, you really do need to speak to a professional. You know, if, if it's transient and, and there's things that you could do for, for self-care, such as exercise, meditation, um, things like that, though those, you know, there's nothing wrong with those things. But if, if you see that that isn't helping, then speaking to a professional is really important to navigate that and understand yourself better and understand your circumstances. You just mentioned exercise and meditation. What are some other things that we could be doing in our everyday life to manage our mental health better? I think that the most important thing is, is that self-care component. Uh, it's something I encourage patients to do all the time is find things that, that makes them happy with no judgment and find time to do those things. And really, it could be anything from knitting and crocheting to reading a book to exercise to uh, playing a sport to watching TV, reading magazine, listening to music. Uh, with no judgment, it's important to find something that gives you pleasure and getting that dopamine release and, and spending some time doing those things is therapeutic. So I've been very open about my struggles with alcohol, and I'm three years sober now. Congratulations. I feel, thank you. I feel my mental health is better since I gave up drinking. For my listeners, what part does alcohol usage play in a person's mental health? Sure. Uh, so, you know, talking, especially psychiatrists, um, I, you, you, you've hit a chord. Uh, I certainly salute you for your sobriety. It, it's certainly not easy. And one thing that we know with alcohol use is more often than not, there is a self-medication component. And a lot of times there's underlying reasons that people start drinking and they're trying to deal with something and they're trying to escape something. And what happens is that it's a vicious cycle because if you have a tendency to drink to, because of your symptoms and then you, you sober up and then your symptoms come back, you'll want to drink again. And then that's the vicious cycle that you, you keep playing and you can't escape it until those symptoms go away. So um, certainly very connected. What we try to do in, in, in addiction psychiatry is treat the underlying symptoms so you don't have to turn to, to the alcohol or the substance use to medicate it yourself. Um, but it, it is very difficult because a lot of people don't feel comfortable seeing a psychiatrist that they try to deal with their symptoms. Uh, and the saying that you're going to drink your symptoms away or drink your feelings away is, is very true and very real, but it's also very transient and very temporary. And, and, and that's what happens when, when patients realize that they still feel the same way every time they, they wake up in the morning and sober up. So mm. we, we try to do a lot of education and bring people to realize that this isn't the solution and then partner with them to, to achieve a, a life of sobriety and hopefully mental clarity and, and well-being. So that being said, uh, what is next for you and for Mindful Care? 
I think we're, we're committed to growth and expansion, the patients that we've been able to positively impact their life. It's been very rewarding for me and our entire team. We're growing very quickly. And it's frustrating to know that there are patients that could benefit from our services, but due to compliance issues and regulatory issues, we can't get to them soon enough. Uh, we're highly, because we see managed Medicaid patients as well, and commercial plans and cash, which compared to our competitors, it's much easier to run a cash business, but we work with um, Medicare and Medicaid. There are a lot of reasons that you can't just expand overnight. So I think our future is to grow, expand, and help as many people as we can while navigating uh, the world around us to, to make sure we do it properly and, and, um, and correctly. <laughs> So as we enter the final phase of this interview, um, I always like to ask one fun question. That is, what do you like to do to relax and unwind? Are, you, are there any shows you're into? How do, how, do you, how do you unwind from a long day at the office? So in the mornings, I, I like to go to the gym. I think uh, that's my one hour to, to not worry about my family. And usually they're still sleeping before I get back. So everything's still under control when I leave and come back. And at the end of the day, I usually um, check a few newspaper apps to, to see what's going on with the world and stay plugged in. And that's usually kind of how I end my day. So between the gym in the morning and reading a few um, few application newspapers, I kind of feel a little alone time and, and satisfied. Fair enough. So what would be the best way for my listeners to follow uh, Mindful Care and your adventures online? Sure. So the best way to access us is visiting our website, www.mindful.care, C-A-R-E. And from there, if we're in, in your state, we're, we're happy to help you. No matter what your concern is or what your issue is, people are welcome to reach out anytime and see if we could be of support. All right. So I end my interviews with my favorite question. And the question is this. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you want to say to the people of Earth? I think the most important thing for people to remember is to be authentic, genuine, and to be themselves. And there's no reason to be somebody you're not. And as soon as you can become comfortable being who you are, you'll know what the right thing to do is. And it's a tall ask and a tall order, but getting to that point is, um, is a really special feeling. And when, when patients get there and individuals get there, their, their mental well-being improves. All right. Thank you ever so much for taking the time to come on the show today. I know this interview is going to potentially help a great many people when they hear it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And if you ever have any other questions, feel free to reach out anytime. All right. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 116. I want to thank Dr. Aldad for coming on the show. What a brilliant discussion. And I hope that even if this interview has spoken to even one of you listening, then folks, that's a win in my books. Good mental health is critical to finding balance in your life. I don't know who said that. Maybe I made it up. I don't know, but I believe it. It's very, very true. Tune in again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. I have a really good one coming up in a few days, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for that episode to drop. We are still enjoying our partnership with the amazing Tea Public. The Dirk Duval Show has a great little store in there, and we've everything with our logo on it, including magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we selected T-shirts we wanted on our store, and we have everything from 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Pride Shirts, Norm MacDonald, and so much more. Folks, I just bought a t-shirt the other day that has Beavis and Butthead sitting next to Wayne and Garth from Wayne's World. Come on, folks. If you can't find it on TeePublic, I don't know what to tell you. Go to our website, DerekDevalshire.com. Go to the banner on the left that says Merch. Click that, and you'll be taken to our store on TeePublic. And we want to thank TeePublic again for being such great partners with us. Have you enjoyed this episode? <laughs> I truly hope you have. And if you have, go hit that subscribe button to keep up to date when new episodes drop. Also, if you're feeling really froggy, drop us a review. Believe it or not, we love reading what our listeners have to say about us. And I read every single one of them, folks. Believe me. So on behalf of myself and the entire team here at The Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, you know what? This time I'll invoke one of my TV idols, Dr. Fraser Crane. I wish you good day and good mental health. No star, God bless, and see you next time, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show.